0: Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman.
1: Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode, Stuck at Home. Oh, I see what you're doing. With me, Cliff Dorfman, and... It's Me, exercise,
2: right. McGee.
1: Yeah, he's doing these, uh, the the flies, the shoulder flies, and the shoulder front, like you're raising kettle balls. I gave him sets to do yep. during the uh, off time, like when you're waiting for a game to load or commercials. How you doing, Jason? And uh, we started awesome. our thing.
2: Yeah, we, we started our workout and since Cliff's talking, I'm working, exercising, but now that I'm talking, I get to be I get to be paused for a minute and just really take a breath. Cleansing um, breath in through the mouth. Cleaning breath out through the mouth. I don't think that's how it's supposed to go, but I'm gonna try it that way to start. Mm-hmm.
1: I see what's happening here. I'm moving the mic away. I'm tilting the mic away from me, my new mic, so I don't get all up in it.
2: Yep. See, yep, the, the, yep, gotta be careful with that part of it. We got we got Cliff right. a new mic. Anybody uh Let me know how it sounds, if he needs to go up or down a little bit, what he's doing. Now he picks it up, so now we gotta reset the whole damn thing. It's the worst. It's the worst. I I, I am. Ladies and gentlemen, all I asked him to do was just talk consistently into the mic from the same distance every time, and he's picked it up. He's thrown it around. It's a baton to him. <laughs> Nancy, I good. like the mic. <laughs> Nancy
1: thinks it sounds good, so we're we're good to go. Um, welcome to a new episode! Huzzah! How you doing, Jason Smith? I'm Happy doing, Monday.
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Happy Monday. I have a story for you that I want to tell you after um, our interviews. I got a Jason story. It's going to give me that. a lot of trouble. But uh, so cool. wait, so mind.
1: we have hard outs on our guest, line. I interrupted you on purpose. I mean, Nancy, you could drink, but that was a that was a knowing interruption because we have hard outs, right?
2: Yep, hard outs. Hard outs, not hard eights.
1: Hard <laughs> eight, great movie. PTA. We've talked yeah. about
2: this. My favorite bet on the crafts line just because of that movie, right? You know, got to bet those hard eights. The hard way.
1: Uh, okay, so we're going to get right into this. <laughs> I don't know why your, your stuff's making me laugh more than normal today. I think I'm just got glad to be of, back. I
2: got a lot of energy. I got that. I got that. I did one 20-minute beginner Kung Fu, or not Kung Fu even, like just uh, like, uh, boxing workout. Yeah, it was
1: body combat. We'll talk body about combat. it after, but we did a good workout today. I
2: did Twenty whole minutes, and so I got that. I got that beginner energy going right now.
1: Yeah, nothing can stop him. All
2: right, so our guest
1: today, speaking of fitness and cardio and and martial arts and body combat, uh, we're gonna talk about Mister. Bruce Lee, with a couple of people that really know a lot about him. We have a, a wonderful guest who's Curtis Choi from the Criterion Collection, because we're going to be talking about this recently. Oh, you can't see it on the on the green screen, right? It's so cool.
2: No, there it is. I wanna... be closer. You closer. There you go. Yeah. I like got. Yeah.
1: So this is the box set that
2: just if you're watching the, the video, there isn't actually fire coming out of everything. That's just the green screen making the box look like it's exploding. This but thing, though, so I got to
1: tell you, I put it all back together right before the show, but it is so cool. I'm going to just show you. It opens up. We have a poster, which I'm going to pick up. You got all these movies. I mean, like, you can't really see it because of the green screen, but this is insane. And wait, I dropped it, but I folded it back up and everything. But we have this. It comes with this Bruce Lee. And it's it's like a table of contents. I mean, this is insane. I I actually want to give it to a listener. They should enjoy it. Like we should raffle it. (laughs) Yep. But Curtis Choi from Criterion Collection, and we have Matthew Polly, who wrote Bruce Lee: A Life, which is a tremendous book. It took him seven years to write. And if you are at all interested in Bruce Lee, or even Hollywood in the '70s and Chinese American relations, this book is amazing. So let's welcome our guests, Curtis Choi and Matthew Polly. How to do (laughs) this? Hey guys!
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going Sorry, great. Thank you for being here.
0: You're ranging here.
1: That's okay. Everybody looks wonderful. <laughs>
0: Everybody <laughs> no, looks fun. great. You picked a, an interesting day for this too, because uh, it it actually is the anniversary of Bruce Lee's death today. Don't know if you, you knew this.
1: You don't think we planned this? This is the reason. This is not happenstance, man. Showbiz is an art. This is methodical. Please continue, Curtis.
0: No, no, no. That was, that was my one brilliant observation for you there. That's oh, it. that's it?
1: That's all you got? So, I love this. Great. We're already on a great foot. We're starting off here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. First, Curtis, why don't you just tell us a little about this box set that your comp- Criterion, which is the best, has put out now?
0: Right. Um, basically, uh, you know, because we've been expanding our libraries of late to include a lot of Hong Kong films. We did a, a Jackie Chan double set uh, a year ago, and we did um, some Taiwanese martial arts movies like A Touch of Zen. Back in the laserdisc days, it had John Woo's movies. Uh, so we, you know, we're trying to bring that back in, and what better way to bring it in with uh, with Bruce Lee, one of the Undeniable greats, uh, and all important. Undeniable, uh, you sorry. Know, so it, he's absolutely <laughs> necessary to have in there. So you know, we were able to have these four uh, restorations that were already made and have been released. I got to say, they've they've been out before uh, some of these masters, but Enter the Dragon was never part of the batch. So with Big mm. Boss, Fist of Fury, uh, Way of the Dragon, and Game of Death. Uh, those were released in a number of sets, but putting them together with *Enter the Dragon* in two versions uh, is something that has not been done before.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the hype on this is is incredible, and uh, it, it delivers. I have to say, having it here, I'm I, I'm very. It's right next to my Kubrick
0: collection. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's <a> good pairing. <laughs>
1: well, listen, Criterion does it right. I'm not messing around now. Matthew, what what made you want to write this book about? Mr. Lee, and uh, it's incredible, but please tell me a little why you got into this seven-year journey.
3: Well, I was one of those uh, skinny, scrawny 12-year-olds who got picked on on the playground, and so uh, when I was 12, I saw Enter the Dragon. I didn't know anything about Bruce Lee or martial arts, and he inspired me to take up the martial arts like millions of other kids he inspired. And so I eventually ended up going to the Shaolin Temple because Bruce Lee was a Shaolin monk in Enter the Dragon, Uh, And it launched my career as a martial arts author. And so writing the book was my way of honoring Bruce's legacy and uh, thanking him for what he contributed to my life.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, it's interesting. It feels like a lot of people want to do that for Bruce and for the Lees, honor the legacy. No, it's true. They really do. It seems like it gets done over and over, whether it's in your book, his friend Jesse, Right. Or his student. Right. So why don't you tell us a little about that? Because that relationship, I mean, when you wrote this book, I don't know if you're expecting where we're at right now, but it's it's very interesting you tied the race relations into this.
3: Yeah, I think it's really important to understand that Bruce Lee's first Kung Fu student in America was African-American, Jesse Glover. Uh, And Jesse came and studied with Bruce because he couldn't find another uh, Kung Fu instructor in America who would teach a black student. And Bruce Lee was very progressive on race. He didn't care what race or ethnicity you were. He only carried, cared if you were a dedicated student. And so I think it, his journey speaks to this present moment in time.
1: And and at his funeral in Seattle, what did what did Jesse end up doing? I, I remember that. I
3: just want you yeah, to tell. it's really powerful. Like he, yeah. uh, the funeral ends and there the men come to cover up the grave. And Jesse takes the shovel from them. And he says, I didn't think Bruce should be covered by strangers' hands. And so yeah. Jesse's there crying, covering up Bruce's grave as his first African-American student in the country.
1: I mean, and can we officially announce that it, it is official now on this show that Bruce Lee is dead? Right. Like, like, you know, he's not coming back. He's not roommates with Elvis in a nursing home. Right. This is I mean, the way. Listen, I'm sorry to make a joke. I have to because I'm such a huge fan. But the way the funeral is described, you know, under the glass and and everything, it's he's you know, this is a real thing. And and people are still mourning this loss
3: and appreciating his work. Yeah, it's amazing what what he contributed to the world and continues to grow. Uh, and of course, the Criterion Collection really captures that spirit. Um, and uh, yes, he did pass away forty seven years ago today.
1: <laughs> it's official, uh, Curtis. Can you tell us a little about the like the extras and stuff on this on this box set? Am I putting you on the spot?
0: No, not at all. I mean, good. Uh, a, a good I have to say a good amount of this stuff has seen the light of day before. Stuff like uh, there's a documentary called Bruce Lee: The Man and the Legend. A uh, number of the commentary tracks were on uh, Shout Factory release. But what's new is number one, Matthew Polly's on there introducing each of the movies. Thank uh, you. And I think that, you know, what he does is, within a span of 10, 15 minutes is really give each viewer a great point of view with which you can end up taking in each of the movies and see how they reflect bruce lee where he was in his career and also understand the movies a bit more understand the film grammar as we like to do over at criterion and then uh there's a couple of pretty great things that you just brought up uh you know bruce lee's you know bruce lee is he still with us well there was a subgenre of movies called bruceploitation that followed in the wake of his death where uh you got doubles uh impersonators all sorts of people pretending to be bruce lee Bruce lung Bruce lie uh, from all sorts of different countries, just aping his moves and his look and they would release these movies. And there's tons of them. It's the, it, it's a subgenre that doesn't exist for any other actor who passed away young before a prime. Uh, and we've got a piece about that. And also about dubbing. If you love, dubbed martial arts movies the english dub tracks in particular <laughs> jason, I
1: love them. jason too. I love jason's him. a huge
0: yeah. fan listen i mean you know that's how we grew up on these movies also i mean as you see them on saturday afternoon and that quote-unquote terrible dubbing is all part of the experience but what's kind of great is i dug up uh, a couple of the actual voice dubbers one of who dubbed bruce lee's voice a fist of fury uh, and they go into a lot of the details about how they dubbed the movies. And then you kind of understand why, you know, if you think they're crappy, you know, they, they were trying hard. They weren't just trying to make these things garbage or something like that. They were really working and you get a real sense of the process and now what was stacked up against them to make these, these dub tracks, but also how much it, they enjoyed doing them too. It, it's a fascinating subgenre
1: like I really am kind of like you know like and, and I really don't see it exist too much I can't believe you dug up one of the one of the actual loopers like that's incredible
0: uh, he's uh he's still going at it and he loves talking <laughs> about uh talking about Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee directed some of the the dubbing in fist of Fury so basically Bruce Lee would be standing behind and pounding on his shoulder stone and more passion more passion you know that kind of thing
1: <laughs> i mean this is a the thing they all, you know one of the main themes I, I think we see it in the box set and we definitely see it in your book matthew is uh, bruce's uh quest for perfection i mean you know man of la mancha and my way being his favorite songs and it, it, you see this and also buying the life insurance so soon like he like he had a premonition uh, there's a there's an end to this question i swear uh, so so <laughs> With all that, I just love this stuff. So with all that in mind, when you were asked to do this criterion collection, how do you take all of this knowledge that you have, because I can barely contain it, and how do you start preparing to do something I think is formidable and big as this?
3: Well, I was uh, at a great advantage because uh, Curtis sent me 13 pages of single-space questions. Uh, <laughs> and as soon, as soon as I saw it, I felt like it was my PhD oral exams. <laughs> like, I spent like five days... Uh, five days, I like reread my book twice so I wouldn't forget anything. We had to spend four hours. I, I literally, I should have a PhD now that Curtis has put me through orals. Um, so yeah, that he he was he was so prepared with everything that he wanted to know. That made it easy for me to just fill in the gaps and, and, and tell him what had been on my brain for the last uh, decade.
1: So... You know, for our, our, our listeners or viewers who aren't familiar with this and want to get familiar with it, why don't you just walk us into, you know, how, because here's what I'm trying to get to. You spent so much time on this. And now, Curtis, you come into this and you're putting this together as a, as, as a thing, but it's not the only thing. Whereas, Matthew, this has been like your only thing. So what does this mean to you and how do you walk my or our, sorry, Jason, our listeners into, you know, Bruce Lee?
3: Well I think go. the important thing uh, yes Bruce Lee 5 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, go. The, the important thing about Bruce Lee to understand is he's really the Jackie Robinson of Asian actors. He's the first Chinese male actor to ever star in a Hollywood movie back in 1973 when all they could get as roles was as houseboys or the bad guy in World War 2 movies. And so his ambition to break down that barrier drove his entire life. And if you understand him as an actor and a passionate martial artist who was interested in bringing those two things together and spreading Chinese culture to the West, he really is sort of a missionary figure who converted 20 million plus Americans to the study of martial arts. So in many ways, he's almost a religious figure, which is part of the reason why the people who study martial arts worship him kind of like a demigod.
1: Uh, I don't think it's kind of. I think it, you know... (laughs) I think it's just because really, if you think about it, everything else, I mean, even uh, American cinema with Kung Fu, has it really moved that far from when we did Enter the Dragon? Uh, It really hasn't. And Bruce Lee's kind of set the blueprint for that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong.
3: No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, Enter the Dragon set the standard and everyone else has more or less been copying it. And I think one of the things to understand just in the film context is if you watch a Marvel movie, or really any uh, Charlize Theron in any sort of action movie she's been doing. They're doing Bruce Lee-type choreography, this kind of enhanced realism. They're doing Bruce Lee moves, the kind of high-impact, slightly more enhanced than you could actually do in a street fight, a little bit beautiful, but kind of realistic. And so all Western fight choreography, Batman, Spider-Man, whoever it is, they're doing Bruce Lee.
1: Yeah, it's a Kenpo meets Wushu. You know, they just did this, yeah. th- this mix of it, right? And they just blended it. And they said, this is now. I mean, I thought Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was still, you know, was kind of taken from it as well.
3: Yeah, Crouching Tiger represents the other tradition of Hong Kong, that kind of wire fu that's strictly aesthetic. And Bruce is that kind of street kung fu. Um, and so those, those are the two traditions. But when you watch American action movies, they're, they're Bruce Lee movies.
1: So, Curtis, as a cinephile, why is yeah. this an important set?
0: Well, it's part of it is, is as Matt just said, uh, you know, Bruce Lee is one of the most important figures within Asian film and Asian American film. Uh, if you look back at these movies, they were made in the 70s and they're still far more progressive in relation to the way they show Asian men than a lot of the current movies are. I mean, you know, to to have something where Bruce Lee can be in a good handful of these movies a kind of un, unabashed romantic lead that's that's something that we still don't see a lot of today. Uh, and and to be able to see what Bruce Lee represented, you know, when you're when you're talking about a. A Hollywood icon, a filmmaking icon who actually stood for something, who actually had a philosophy behind him. Uh, he wasn't just about making the movies, but he wanted to teach us about, you know, the 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 fact that we should be looking beyond the colors of our skin and that we we should all be thinking about each other as equals. Uh, it's a pretty profound stance for, for someone within the entertainment business to... To take and not just be empty platitudes. You know, it's not just about a kind of thing of of I want to say this just so you'll like me. He had been practicing this for for decades before he made these movies.
1: Yeah, listen, he he lived it, he preached it, he practiced it, and he put it on the screen all at the same time. I mean, he married Linda. You know, this was in 1972 when he married, or 1970.
3: Early 60s, 65.
1: See, Jason, I got it 65. wrong again. Yeah, that's what I do. I get things wrong a lot. So even right? when I read stuff, now, now this is a silly question, but am I the only one who thinks his business partner might have killed him? <laughs>
3: No, you're not
1: the only one. <laughs> okay, because I really am pretty positive that that spaghetti and the hash did not do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, these football players are living with swollen, concussed brains, and, you know, the only way, God bless all their souls, they have to shoot themselves in the chest to protect their brains. They're still living with it. I feel like this guy, eh, they didn't want the body to be autopsy. They didn't want it leaving Hong Kong. It feels a little suspicious to me. I'm just saying... <laughs> You're I don't not want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't want to get poisoned with my spaghetti either. That's <laughs> what I'm just saying. Okay, so I, I digressed. <laughs> Though I will ask this now, Matthew, this is for you. When you did put all this together, right? Uh, th- these last moments or the last days, do you think he, you know, had, he was a perfectionist? Do you think he had a shot of maybe surviving if he had just slowed the fuck down?
3: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things we can say for certain is that Bruce Lee physically put himself in a vulnerable position by pushing himself that hard. And the reason he did is because very early in his career with the Green Hornet, he had a bit of success, and then it all went away. And he was terrified that after Enter the Dragon, he would be re-consigned to playing sidekick roles. And so he was pushing so hard because he thought if he could get through the door finally, they couldn't kick him back. To being the Asian sidekick. Um, well, and that he it, wasn't
1: wrong, right? I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, but this no. is, uh, I think, important because what James Coburn came and wooed him to be a sidekick again, right?
3: That's right. Um, they kept. They wanted him to be in Silent Flute, which would have put him back in the sidekick role. So, um, even and to be honest, the producers of Ender the Dragon were prepared to recut the movie. So John Saxon would have been the star if it hadn't tested well, and Bruce Lee knew that. So um, Bruce Lee was pushing hard because he had to, but because he pushed so hard, he made himself physically vulnerable.
1: Right. Not something he wanted to do on purpose. He just thought his body could handle it.
3: Yeah, and if you had a body like his, you'd have thought that too.
1: (laughs) but I was thinking the same thing. Uh, like, well, you're gonna tell me what I can do? I've already done everything past what everyone said I could do. But what was the deal with the epilepsy? You know, uh, 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 diagnosis? Because that seemed wrong, also.
3: Yeah, we don't think he had epilepsy. What happened though? Before he died, ten weeks prior, he he had seizures. Um, he had a grand mal seizure and so sometimes that's associated with epilepsy but in order to diagnose epilepsy you have to have more than one and there's only one example and seizures can ca- be caused by various different reasons so that seems unlikely but it is one of the theories that gets passed around along with you know the murderous business part
1: <laughs> yeah that, the, the, the latter seems you know eh, but the first one seems really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you that's but yeah the, uh, but why I, well, why I ask about this is because you know it seems like he's at the upper echelon of hollywood you can't really be that much higher than he was at that moment yet he's getting all these diagnoses di- that's not a word but all this diagnosis what's the plural someone tell me you're a phd <laughs>
3: uh, thank <laughs> you
1: <laughs> thank you dr polly <laughs> so <laughs> diagnoses uh, from doctors and none of them are right they're all like they're not dealing with the heat stroke i mean what how does this happen do you know like did you come to any conclusions I, I- on this
3: Yeah, it it was still somewhat puzzling. I think um, Heatstroke, which is my conclusion for why he died, um, wasn't as well known back then. But, you know, mine was only a theory. It could be another reason. Um, So it still remains one of the great mysteries and part of the reason why Bruce Lee is still such a compelling figure, because there's nothing like a mysterious death to keep a (laughs) a figure uh, in the in the public's imagination.
1: I know, and then you you touched on you know on Brandon and uh, Curtis. I got to ask you know, having rebooted the Crow, you know that will never get yeah. made. Are we going to get an original of Alex's? You know, on Criterion,
0: <laughs> that deserves that, a Criterion. That that just depends on whether or not the licensing agreements can be made. This is a, this is what it all boils down to in a lot of ways. At first, is whether you know if we if we release something, the the licensing agreements got to be available and in place. So. I'm not tied in with that. I can't answer that for you. Right,
1: I'm going to get you in touch with Ed Pressman. We're going to make this happen. I, I promise. Because there has to be a criterion of is, uh But that being said, you know, uh, I mean, I don't believe in coincidence. But this is crazy. And Linda and Shannon, I mean, did you come across any ideas or thoughts in, in writing this book, Matthew, that had to do with Brandon?
3: Um, uh, nothing other than what was sort of... Uh, in the police investigation that it was a tragic accident. But to have both a father and son die at such a young age while making movies is uh, bizarre, to say the least, and uh, as, has led to a lot of conspiracy theories about it. Um, I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I certainly understand why some people could be inclined that way, given the bizarre circumstances of both of their passing.
2: Um, oh, Jason, what do you got? Uh, a couple things. One. Uh, back up just a little bit from the mic. Here. I can hear your nose. Um, and two, I can hear you breathing into it a little bit. But two, I'm just curious. Like we've talked a lot about this stuff. What are you guys' favorite movies? Do you got? We got about five movies here. Bruce Lee movies. What are your guys' favorites?
0: That's my next question. Out of this particular set of them, The Way of the Dragon, for sure. Uh, It's funny, going into it, I always thought Fist of Fury was my favorite. Uh, But then as I worked on them, I actually thought that the one he wrote and directed is the one I enjoy the most. I think the fight scene between him and Chuck Norris at the end is... Mm. Mm. bonafide badass uh, and I think it's funny you know the, the thing that I always forget about Bruce Lee this might be out of Jackie Chan saying I do the opposite of Bruce Lee and when he's all you know a tough guy I'm funny I think we forget how funny Bruce Lee can be and his sense of humor is on point in that movie
2: oh yeah that's great I, well I, I think my I, if you were to ask me I think Fist of Fury is my favorite but now I have to go back and watch Way of the Dragon again And just, (laughs) because he is, it is funny. And I mean, it's intentionally, it's, it's, I mean, the way he wrote it was just great.
3: Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah. yeah, First off, Way of the Dragon is like one of the very first Kung Fu comedies. So Jackie Chan didn't invent it. Bruce Lee was working on it. Jackie Chan just perfected it. I actually think uh, one of the the specials released in the Criterion collection is one of my favorites, which is the new recut of uh, Bruce Lee's Game of Death footage. Um That my friend Alan Canvin did, and is being exclusively released on this criterion collection because you get to see Bruce Lee for thirty minutes doing Game of Death, And so it's like getting a brand new Bruce Lee movie that we didn't know existed. Now, some other people have done this before, but I really think this this edit represents the uh, best one to date Come on
1: I love this. um I, I wanted to ask you also uh, no truth at all, right? to what Quentin wrote in. Uh... In the Hollywood uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, there's no truth, right? Bruce Lee never got beat up on a set. Like, I just want to be official about this. In all your research, you never found that out.
3: No, Bruce Lee never got beat up on a set and he would never <laughs> challenge a, he would never challenge a stunt to a fight on a set either. <laughs> and he also wouldn't insult Muhammad Ali publicly. So um, so Quentin made all of that stuff up for his own purposes, which is his right as a filmmaker, but no, it's not accurate.
1: Okay, I just wanted to be clear about that, right? Whether you like it or not, definitely did not happen. There is no truth to it. What, Jase? No, nothing.
2: I I'm, I'm just because I'm sure we, we got to wrap it up pretty quick, and I wanted to play the trailer. Why this so fast? Yeah, please, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, why well, you guys ask questions? I'll play. I'll play the trailer out. We got a couple more minutes if you got them a couple more questions. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we if got- you got a couple more. Questions. All right.
1: So what I also loved was when you talked about the Green Hornet and you went into it. You know, it was that moment that I think we all. It was like that universal moment that we all have in Hollywood, which is you're famous, you're not famous, and you're definitely not rich. (laughs) I mean, but this hit him a lot harder, right? I mean, this really did. I mean, it caused a lot of changes in his life.
3: Yeah, so he had, that was his first job, and he had a new apartment, and he had a new wife and kids, uh, and then he lost the job, and he couldn't get another acting gig because there were no parts for Asian actors. Uh, And so as a result... Um, he had to, he ended up becoming a private, uh, Kung Fu instructor to the stars. And Steve McQueen was one of his first students. So that's how that he, that's how question. he sort of, that's how he managed to wriggle his way back into, uh, Hollywood's graces is by using his Kung Fu skills to teach celebrities.
1: I love that. Jason, do you got the uh, trailer pulled up?
2: Yep. I'm all ready. Well, if I, all right. what, what I figure is we'll, we'll, play the trailer, um, as we say goodbye.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fine. I don't want to let him go, but sure. Uh, okay, so you can get this box set now, right? Curtis, everywhere. You can go on Amazon. It's all over, right?
0: Absolutely. Yep. It's ready to, okay, same. to buy.
1: And Matthew Polly, your book is everywhere, and I, I enjoyed it very much on Audible, I have to say. I, I normally read, but I really wanted to listen to this one, and I love the narrator you chose. Thank, thank,
3: thank you. Thank you for that.
1: It was a really great book, so you can get that on Amazon, Bruce Lee A Life and the Bruce Lee Criterion, His Greatest. I love that. His greatest hits. Uh,
2: (laughs) Curtis, Matthew, it's been great. You guys are welcome to stick around and watch the trailer with us, but I know you guys got a hard out, so uh, we want to be respectful of your time.
1: Have a Thank you so much.
0: Thank Thank you. you.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I love these guys. All right, let's watch it. 真是还不错吧<笑><笑>
2: They had like, the, it was the shape of a person.
1: Yeah, oh, the mirror shot is amazing, though. It made yellow cool. Oh, I miss those days. Chuck with Norris.
2: With unabashedly long chest and back hair. Yeah,
1: and that love Chuck Norris with his big, long, wavy, blonde hair. Oh, there it is. It's freeze frames on Bruce Lee doing that, like, you know, his legs are like this in midair. Like, you know, you can't even imagine doing that. And he's like, ah, he's got like nunchucks. And it's just like a human being can do that. And by the way, I I feel so silly that I have never fucking noticed that Kill Bill and Uma Thurman's outfit
2: is Bruce Lee's outfit. How did I never notice this? I I
1: I had to at some point.
2: I figured you noticed that, like even subliminally, you had to notice that. Like I had to subliminally, but just until this moment, I really just it just hit me like, oh yellow. god, yeah, such it's a, the same thing. Such an icon. I mean, I, I, I want to tear back into some of these movies. I, I think I told you I watched that that the thirty for thirty about Bruce Lee uh, be like water is out of control. Phase. Yeah. Um, and it touches a lot on the race stuff and and some of those things that you guys talked about that um, Matt Ollie wrote about, and it's a really I mean, good story.
1: Think about that though, in, in nineteen seventy or sixty eight or whatever, teaching the old, the first like a black student, you know, and he's a Chinese guy, and he's got Steve McQueen and James Coburn. I mean, this guy's, and, and to this day, they're still making movies about him and talk. I mean, this is incredible.
2: It's incredible, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, I mean, incredible.
1: I love Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on so many levels. Your mom loved the post I put about the anti-Semitism. He wrote a great article, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did, in a Hollywood reporter about the nauseating, uh, overwhelming wave of anti-Semitism. And it's like, you know, if one is is pointed out, we're all pointed out. And and it was an incredibly poignant, well-written, uh, touching article, on top of which you find out his dad is a World War II hero mm-hmm. who helped liberate uh what is it uh um it wasn't auschwitz it was buka um why uh-huh. can't i think of the name i'm blanking on the horribleness but you know he helped uh, uh liberate one of the concentration camps and it's a fantastic tour if you want to find it it's on my facebook but anyway it, it gets me all thinking of the kareem Abdul-Jabbar chuck norris who's still around and the toughest guy in the world you know i mean right. this is all from bruce lee
2: right it's all from bruce lee and you know you go back to mortal kombat it's just enter the dragon with with magic Right. Like the, the, the characters are the same as Shaolin monk takes a boat to an island to fight some weird, you know, then they add magic to it instead of heroin. But it's it's basically they just cribbed, cribbed or the dragon for the entire Mortal Kombat idea and co- core concept. Um, you know, all the fighting games, all every video game based off that kind of stuff from there to the Karate Kid to, you know, Chuck Norris and all this stuff has all comes from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really, really does. It changed the shape of combat cinema to me, uh, you know, forever. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and obviously uh, all the way up to the greatest filmmakers of the day, which is Quentin, uh-huh. you know, I mean still being influenced by what Bruce did and started to do. You know, I got to sit with his daughter, Shannon and Matthew yeah. Weaver um, uh, to um, uh, talk about a, a movie idea, because I guess Bruce, rest his soul, had written I don't. I want to say hundreds, but I'm going to say like maybe 50 or something. Uh, there were scripts and unwritten scripts and TV shows that he had written for himself and to be made. And uh, they're sitting on it, by the way. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, I just brought that up for no reason. Uh, but just to say, though, the nicest people. I mean, in this, uh, the loss
2: that she's gone through, that's another thing. How do you get so great? And it, it seems to come with this massive loss. Oh, no. I mean... Sometimes those fires burn so bright, man. It's just amazing. You know, you look at you know. Don't want to get too morbid into it. And you but you look at Bruce and you look at Janis Joplin and you look at you know Hendrix and and some and 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 uh, James Dean and some of these guys. It's just that you know for some reason they burn so hot. It, right, but
1: but I'm going to argue with you, not argue, but I'm going to debate with you, like point counterpoint for a second on this. Just because when you mention and obviously they're all greats, James Dean. Jimmy Hendrix, Janis Joplin, but you know, uh, drugs, drugs, and want to drive a car at 120 like miles an hour. Yeah. yeah, Bruce Lee was just working, and yeah. he had bad doctors around him. Yeah, you I,
2: know? I guess, you're absolutely right. I think there is a different thing, but he's also driving himself to a point of, you know, you know, he's he's pushing himself in a different way. He's also taking his body to a place that bodies aren't planned to go. You know, that's a and, fair point. You know and pushing himself to a, to a limit that, that, you know, it's very difficult to come back from, I think, uh, potentially, Yeah,
1: I agree with you on that. I I think, you know, there can be the addiction of work and, you know, uh, you know, perfection and success that, you know, you just won't stop until you're dead.
2: You know, those, those monks that do that, they, they do that over the course of their entire lifetime. They try and achieve what Bruce Lee is able to do with his body in, you know, the 30 (laughs) years he was on this earth. Right. Um, 32 years old. Sorry. It's just crazy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Um, Alright, so, in speaking of you know, bodies and keeping fit and what you can do with them, Jason and I started our, we were talking about a little bit before the show, but we started our Les Mills today. I had a, we, we did, I had him do some stuff over the weekend. Yeah, the elbow thing, we bring it down and in. I like that one. Um, so we started on the body, comp, right, body attack. Is it body, body combat?
2: combat. God, body combat. The Les Mills Le, I think they, Les. Last. Les, you know. Les Mills. Les <laughs> Mills. It's it's a. Uh, he he. I, I did a little research. He's like an Olympian from New Zealand.
1: I get it. So I was wrong when I said Australian. They're all Kiwis. Yes ok, so that's great. Um, by the way, didn't mean to upset anyone. Uh, I, I everyone sounds either Australian or British or Russian to me. It's just <laughs> across the board or Spanish. There's four accents. Everyone falls into one of them for well, me. I, I, the I, worst at decipher
2: a little little side note today. we um we were working with a new podcast. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get make anybody feel bad. Um, but <laughs> we were, were' working with um okay. me and a, uh, me and our, de- our development director and they send us the trailer today and we listen to it and they, there's this there's one line in there i don't remember what was said all i know is when i heard it and when my um, my development director heard it, it was like that sounds like a racist caricature of uh, you know uh, of a of an asian accent and so pissed oh, you and like so oh we got to cancel the show i can't believe this and then so they come back and we go no listen to this in context so he was trying to do like an uh, an eastern european russian accent but the small little clip that he had was so bad that's you know, Asian. If you'd heard it, and cl- you know, if you heard it all together, it would just sound like a really bad Russian accent. But it was we. We almost you we were like talking we almost about the show, dropping the show because we thought you know. But that's that's the danger, guys. Guys, if you're not doing your accent work, you, you need to stop doing improv. You know, yeah, take, you have to get take, with dialect coaches. Take a day off of groundlings. Go down and take a dialect class for a couple of days. Come back. Your level three will be a lot more fun because you'll have like eight new characters you've learned. Learn those accents, ladies and gentlemen. Every, by the way, because you will get canceled. You could get canceled that quick. And and, and
1: again, it's what we were talking about with, uh, was it Aaron Doe? Aaron Doe? Aaron Doe. Yeah, the the TikTok influencer. It, it's this culture we live in, this cancel culture, and the slightest thing. You know, he deals with it every day, every video he makes, all these influencers.
2: Well, and I'd even take it a step farther. Like, if you know, if you depending on what it is, it's there's decision making. You know, we we want to make, you know, we want to be careful. We want to be not just sensitive, but we want to make sure that everybody feels very inclusive and included. You start doing stupid stuff like that, it just makes you look like you don't know how to make good decisions. Right? Like that's the whole point of it, right? You send that over to me to, to post on on something, and I'm like, What are you doing, man? That's Yeah, did you not listen to this? I understand now that you play
1: it in context, this is how it is, but did you not listen to this? Because yeah. it doesn't sound, you know yeah. you gotta be real careful. Right. Absolutely. It's no joke. I mean, I say that very, you know, flippantly. It's no joke, but really, it's serious. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's McCarthyism in a lot of ways, and and a lot of it's right, you know. And then there's some stuff that just like relax a little. Yep. But there's no relaxing. That's the problem. It, just because I say relax a little, no one's relaxed about anything. So, learn your accents, do your dialect work. Yep. We were doing Les Mills, New Zealand. And if you're into fitness instructors, you got like five or six new crushes. Yeah. I'm just telling you.
2: Yeah, there are nine people on that stage at any given time giving you instructions on how to work out. And all of them are gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous and and funny. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And <laughs> also like, and this is not, we're not getting paid by these guys at all. They're, no. but they're also very dynamic. And there's like, like we we did this body content. We did the number three because the first two are basically tut- tutorials. But, like, there's, there's like, 88 different exercise routines all on body combat. So, like, we're not going to, you know, we have to we don't ever have to do the same thing twice for three months if we don't want to.
1: Yeah, but that's just body combat. Like, I chose body combat because, you know, that's how I train is boxing and et cetera. So, I figured, okay, that'll be an easy in. But mm-hmm. there are probably a hundred different things to do. Well, not a hundred, but I'm saying, like, maybe 15 different types of exercises yep. and classes. With a
2: hundred classes. Oh yeah. It's crazy. There's way too much stuff there. It seems, it seems kind of ridiculous, but we also have the like super edition. I don't think everybody has to buy that one. Cause there's no, there's like an entire, like there's like, there's, I would get, I want to say there are 3000 different, um, Just a spin bike once. Where (laughs) so I was right. Yeah, there's thousands.
1: It feels like I don't want to be like crazy, but and here's the thing. You know, full disclosure. They gave us the upper realm of uh, membership, but we're not getting paid. You know, we can go do this with anybody. Uh, We're doing it with them. I'm highly, highly impressed so far. I have to say,
2: there's there's no reason that we're not getting into great shape from this, Jason. No, there's only one reason, and that is uh not doing it. Not Doing it, but we're doing it, and I'm gonna do it every day. I feel really good, I got a lot of energy. That's why I want to, you know, that's part of why I'm, I'm so funny right now because I got that. Yeah. Uh, I got You're that fresh funny. workout swagger. Well, a little bit of you know, you get a little bit of you know, when you got you
1: get it, the adre- you get the adrenals, you get the adrenaline, you get the, uh, the the what do they call them, the things we get
2: all the time from working out, the endorphins, the endorphins, yeah. endorphins, the endorphins. I like that. I like that. We'll yeah. get those endorphins yeah. going. Um, TM, you want to hear a story I'm not supposed to tell. Yeah, wow.
1: always. What do you mean? Is that even a question? So,
2: I'm gonna Go tell the story the best way I know how to get, You know, I because I don't want to. Okay, oh, so that be fun. Um, mm-hmm. It is. It is hot at the, uh, the at the Casa de Smith, and it is it is overwhelmingly gross here. And so, um, <laughs> the, Jason Jason has to shower a lot of times a day. It just it's the smell, the the heat, the sweat, going outside for too long. It's just not good. It's just and then can you cool down? That's um, good that you're being considerate and doing that. Right. Well, a lot of people might not. Sometimes I'm very inconsiderate about it, also. But oh, okay. okay. So, so yesterday, <laughs> I, jumped, I jumped into the shower, and I'm cleaning. And uh, we have yeah. one of those water pick Did ones. You jump? You know, oh, I jump. I jumped. I do not jump anywhere right now. No, <laughs> I'm afraid. Anytime, anytime <laughs> I jump, there's a chance of slipping. And there's. <laughs> no, you, you slowly know. and cautiously got into the shower, and but, yeah, I slowly and daintily. Jumped in the shower. Oh my! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, it's already starting. Do not tell the rest of that story. Well, it's not a bad story. It's embarrassing for me. It's a not great for story. Else. Um, I really is. So oh. I, it's a water pick, so you can take it off and you can kind of spray the back. So I'm, I'm taking it off. I got it on. I got it on hard. I'm cleaning out all the body parts and getting down into the business. Right, Did front business first. Really cleaning it off. I'm cleaning the back business, right? I'm cleaning the, you know, just making sure everything is completely clean back there, that I am ready to go should uh, should uh, anybody call me and ask if, uh, if if I need to be clean back there. Everything's, so I clean everything off. That's all good, right? Nice and washed. Pure, squeaky clean. I take my I pick. I, I, I grab the, I, I'm holding on to the pick. I, I, I'm, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in a while. I bring it back up and I set it into the little holder. Ants. Ants everywhere. Ants covering the entire shower nozzle. Uh, and so they had, somehow ants had broken into our water pipe and actually walked into our pipe. And so I there were ants. And I don't know if there were ants in my butt, my booty hole. I know that I probably got ants on my taint and then they'd all fallen off and I had to like rewash them.
1: But you, you, you truly could not know right now. There could be ants all the way up your... Your I, rectum and making a nest in there.
2: There could be, I could have ants coming in and out of it right now, going and getting food, coming back. I mean, it would in. be a constant, so they wouldn't have to leave. They could just live there. It's a constant source of nutrition. Yes, they could. don't even have like, to carry stuff. Yeah, like, I, you know what you should do is we should get, I can get one of those little sonograms and people can, there's like a little ant farm growing in my colon right yeah, it now. It
1: might be the next, you know, uh, ants are the new tapeworm <laughs> for Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna put a little small colony of ants up your anus. And then with the ants, you just let them live there. They nest, the queen arises, and eventually you lose <laughs> weight. Well, how do we get rid of them once I lose the weight? Oh, you die. Oh, yeah, you just die. You yeah, die. they eat you from the inside out. Everything
2: else is done. Yeah, no. It was
1: but you crazy. look marvelous. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so sorry. ants up your butt.
2: Yeah, ants would And then So, like, every, then I just would watch and I'd like, because once you see all the ants on top of the shower head, it's like, I don't care if I'm clean or not. I'm getting the fuck out of the
1: shower. Oh, you're not clean. There's no more clean. No clean. I'll never be clean again. I'll never be clean oh, again. I told you, you have a shower here anytime you want. You can always, you know, you got a place. You got a place. A, hey, Steph, this is, Steph is horrible. She
2: she how everything. did she do that? Of course she did, but how? She took, the, she took apart the shower head. She did the pipes and everything. She did it. She's amazing. She blasted all the ants out of there. She asked. She asked what? No, she ant blasted. She didn't ask. Steph's that. my hero. She blasted <laughs> those ants. The fuck out of that thing! There were, you know, you, wow. there's no more in there. It was, but it was, a, it was, a, it was very touch and go for a minute. Like, do you remember that scene in, uh, or did you watch the Rick and Morty where they're like ant eyes?
1: No, you asked me that, and I didn't. But now I can see the visual in my right. brain.
2: That was what when would say it? It looked like, oh, it was like a, oh, so many, it was so many ants, and then then I was just afraid, like I'd sprayed it. I spray it on the wall to see what if there were ants that would fall down. Nothing. They're all in my butt now. <laughs> they're all inside. <laughs>
1: yeah they've nested but
2: but by the way you
1: know this is why renting is great because this should not be your problem you're just supposed to call the landlord
2: yeah no and we're we're, we're in the middle of moving and so it's one of those things too where it's like uh, just let's get out of here but um it was yeah it's something happened i don't know if it's a heat drove them in through the pipes or whatever happened but it was like a real freak occurrence um, i don't even have to look at the posts because i can tell you that nancy
1: is am i right or wrong oh there it goes <laughs> Nancy had, had, had uh, DM'd over the weekend to, to, to me about a dream she had that I was in with ants. And this, it's just so weird. It's like she was at this weird motel, she said, and then the, she, there were ants everywhere, and she called down to the room. Like, it's a motel, by the way. It's not a hotel, so I don't even know. But I show up to get rid of the ants, and she's like, What are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm undercover. It's trying to catch an ant murderer. This is her dream, not mine. So, th- <laughs> by the
2: way, though, now you have the ant problem. Well, it's just the heat, right? It's just is, the heat. Is is my motel the butt? Is my butt your motel? Is that what <laughs> It was all a metaphor. <laughs> We're all so far up Jason's ass.
1: I'm on my own. I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah. Jason and all of us are so far up his own ass that... That none of us uh, can see the light of day anymore. We need help. Steph, can you please uh, help us <laughs> all? <myself>? Okay, <laughs> that's a, that's a horrible. You're moving now, right? I mean, you're
0: going the hell out of there. Too. It's
2: like the weirdest, worst thing, and I I, I don't mean to embarrass anybody on that because I don't think it embarrasses anybody but me because it's not anybody's problem but the houses no, the the house. with the housing. No, you're the only one with ants up your butt. I am,
1: <laughs> and I mean, I think it's safe to say that if any, you know, uh, you know, uh, the ants, they happen. I mean, someone's leaving food around. Yeah, well, that's a weird one because it's not. Because how would they get? Where would food be in the pipe? No, they make their way in from the pipe. They're not like getting nutrition from the pipe. They're just coming to the food, man. But in the shower? Well, I mean, they're, they're, what do you think? They're, they're not sentient. I don't they're know. They're like they, they they see an opening oh, <laughs> and yeah. going in where the opening is. I mean, that's, like oh, that's toward food. I think if we go that way,
2: okay. we might eat. Going in my butt would be going for food if they walked far enough, right? They'd eventually hit food. I mean, listen, I'm not an but entomologist. It's, 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 and I spit a man out. I, I mean, the fact that it went
1: all the way up your, your, like reverse peristalsis, your digestive tract, and you were able to spit it out whole would mean that answer the new cockroach. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that would just be interesting. But oh, and by the way, are you, you know, um, uh, what, are you Jonah? No, the answer Jonah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I would be the whale. My butt. Would be yeah, yeah. the big fish, right? <laughs> it's a whale. It's the big fish. And, uh, that's big fish. FYI, ants in the water. Well, that's what they call it in the book, the Bible. They never actually say whale. They say big fish. Is that true?
1: Yeah, that's true. Huh, listen, there's got to be a meaning behind that. All right. So Jason's ants, he's moving. Stephanie, you know, here, you want to talk about gender roles. That's a yeah, great story. It is. She has Jason to... squealed and Stephanie fixed it.
2: That is exactly what happened. She, All right. she fixed and took care of me. So all
1: right, on. listen. That's why you get you know that's why you get married, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a give and take, you know. Right. Uh, right. All right. I feel like before all this. So, are we done with the last meals? Yeah. We, we gave yeah. full disclosure. They yeah. gave us the free membership, but it's not that expensive. We could pay for. It. We could choose where we want one. Yep. Jason gets offered these things all the time. I'm telling you, this is this is pretty good. So, we will see as we go forward. We're doing this every every day yeah. at noon, Monday to Friday. If anybody
2: Jason wants and I. DMS. We'll uh, we'll. It tell you exactly what we're doing every day.
1: Exactly. Uh, all right. So it is Monday now. I we have a little time left, which I'm really happy about. Yeah,
2: I'm just glad. <laughs> I think it, that's it's a good thing. We we had 30 minutes and we couldn't spend 30 on my butt. So let's do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So all right, let's talk um, content. Do you want to
2: say anything you watched? Um, I played video games all weekend. So how is the Ghost Game, the Japanese? Ghost, uh- Oh, it's so good. It's a, um, it's a very cool samurai style movie. You know, it's not a, you know, we talk about Bruce Lee today, it's, but it is not that kind of thing. It's a lot more of a Kurosawa type film where... Uh, like Kari Kari. It, yeah, the, the, the plot is basically uh, that the grandson of Genghis Khan comes to the shores of Japan and is trying to take over. The country, um, and by you know, by learning that you know, and, and goes through, and it's not honoring the traditional way of the samurai and is just going in and killing people and doing all the you know, doing the thing, right? And when does it take place? Fifteen twelve. Okay, so it's 12, it's like 12, to the 12, Tom Cruise movie. Twelve sixty six, I think it's twelve sixty six. Right. So um, somewhere in there, it's twelve the thirteenth century, sometime. So it's definitely you know, it's all set back there. It's horses, samurai, swords, bows and arrows. Hey, Jason. Uh, yeah.
1: Could the uh, last samurai get made today? Nope. Well. No, no. I don't think it could. I, I don't think Tom Cruise could go play a white guy uh, appropriating an Asian, uh, a ritualistic, secretive nope. ancient culture of Asians. No, I don't think so. I don't, it would be a shame.
2: Yeah, it would be. I like that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I actually enjoyed that movie, too. I think that there's, uh, I think there's a place for styles of movies where there's an integration of you know, Americans and both, uh, both. but I I think that, you know, to refer to it as the last samurai, it's not really his story. He's not the last samurai, you know, you know, and to to make him the main character is always, you know, that's the part that's harder about that. If you, you, you actually go back and look at, you know, the people. Oh
1: yeah, listen. I'm with you. Okay, sorry, I, I digressed yeah. and interrupted, Nancy. Oh, no, no. Yeah, oh it's no, no drinking money. Go Just made Go me on.
3: think
2: about it. Like, uh, but yeah. So this was this was a really well made movie game. One of the fun things that you can do with it is you can put it into black and white mode, so it's like all in like with like film grain on it, and then huh. sp- switch it to uh, like we talked about, switch it to uh, Japanese with English subtitles, um, and really have. Is that what you did? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, until I realized I can't read as fast as they need to you. (laughs) put it back? I like because I'm trying to fight people. You can't karate chop. Well, not even karate chopping, but you can't sword people and try and read subtitles at the same time. That is not something you have to do with the movies. It is only something you have to do in games. So it's a little bit trickier. And I don't have that many. I'm not quite that uh, uh, multitask uh, able. But it took up your whole weekend? I mean... I, I mean, your free parts, but yes. yeah, my free parts of it because it was fun. It's a, it's a whole, it's a Grand Theft Auto style game. You can go I'm anywhere. Not judging. Go, oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> you can go anywhere on the, the on the island. You can climb. It's up open up world. All the mountains and you know. Wait, so it's like Red Dead. It's like Red Dead. Red. It's, I would say it's not as you know, it's not as complete as Red Dead. You know, Red Dead has so many different things you can do and so much going on in the ecosystem. Yeah. But it's a, it's like a Red Dead light, but and it's the only game of the, that I'm aware of that's set in this particular. Setting and this is the style, In feudal Japan. Yeah, I all right. So, that was just so you really didn't watch any TV at all. I watched a little. We watch, um, my wife and I are digging into old episodes of uh, Big Brother together. That's uh, she, you know, we, we, I, uh, I'll get, I'm gonna say it out loud, maybe this will get me some points back. I really enjoy watching Big Brother with my wife. Uh, <laughs> we talk strategy and it's a lot of fun. And um, so I don't it's normally watch, uh, reality shows, but I do really enjoy watching with her and then. My daughter and I are watching a show off of Shutter, uh, the horror, uh, the horror version mm-hmm. of Hulu or horror version of Netflix. Uh, a show called uh, it's it's a series called Channel Zero, which is a bunch of stories based off creepypastas. Those things from Reddit—they're like ghost stories on Reddit. Like, Cre-
1: have you read creep- no, creepy,
2: creepy oh, pastas? Creepy pasta, P-A-S-T-A. Yeah, like what happened to Bruce Lee? He ate that spaghetti, and then uh, six weeks later, he died. Slender Man is an example of a creepypasta. It's an internet story told enough times that it becomes like a lore. the The, the Slender uh, How
1: did that name come about? That's from Reddit. I'll have to look it up. I, I you know it. what, Reddit people, you're not that clever. That's not that <laughs> clever. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. I mean, even whatever reason there is, I'm not. I'm not in creepypasta. Okay, so it's a, but a Slender Man. I like.
2: Yeah. So, but creepy. That, that's an example. So there is a. um there is a um, series called Like I said Channel Zero and I don't have a lot of phobias, but I'm not a big fan of of uh, people who can like contortion contortion it. I don't like it. I don't like when I don't like when joints go the wrong direction. I just not natural. No, when the when the knees bend the wrong way or the head flips up in the nah, I don't You're like some it. kind of demon. So anytime I'm in a lot of trouble with my wife or if she's really mad or just doesn't want me to be on my phone <laughs> anymore, she will just heck I shouldn't say this out loud. She will just text me contortionist after contortionist after contortionist, so they get grosser and grosser. Um, and it's just a fun game because they love to watch me squirm. Well, Sarah really want to watch this 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 season called the Dream Door of uh, uh, <laughs> this is uh, a movie or a show on shutter. It, it's a series. so it's like eight episodes. Uh, you know, they're all every season is a different creepy pasta. and it's called the Dream Door. And in it is this clown. Oh, no. This contortionist clown. people. No. Um, But while he murders, he has to contort. Like, you can't just stab him and just, like, stab down. He has got to, like, stab and then twist his arm all the way around his head and stab him from the other side.
1: Well, yeah, because you can stab in weird, interesting ways if you can contort. Yeah, no. it's, it's, not, it's Like, I can go all the way back here and then start stabbing
2: you, like, in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. And my daughter... My daughter is great about it because she knows what's going to scare me, right? And she knows when and where it could scare me. And she even knows when it won't scare me, but it's tense enough that I could be scared. So she just sits there and like, Jason, watch this part. Jason, do I see you covering your eyes. Don't cover your eyes. Jason, don't cover your eyes. Jason, watch the screen. Watch the screen. And then nothing will happen and she'll laugh. And then she won't tell me and all of a sudden, fucking clown comes out, bends his fucking head around underneath his knee and stabs somebody in the face. I'm like, God damn it! Stop! But, but
1: I have to ask this though. What's the through line of this series?
2: Uh well, each each set, each one well, is I'm a slightly this particular story is about uh, a couple who move into a new house and they're cleaning it all up and then they find a mysterious door in the basement that wasn't there. This is a house they grew up in. Uh one of the people grew up in and all of a sudden a door shows up in the basement and then uh, it kind of very, very early on within the first episode, you realize that the um, the wife has actually got some sort of connection to this door and to the clown that lives inside it. And um, so there's always a creepy clown. No, contorts there's, creepy contorting clown in this season in other seasons it's a whole. It's just another weird story. It could be a Slender Man story. It could be about a lighthouse that's haunted by, you know.
1: But every episode in this season is about a creepy,
2: contorting clown. Clown and the girl who controls it. So, it's yeah, it's just the one. It's like American Horror Story, um, except Ah. they rotate the characters. How long are the episodes? uh, Too long. Too long. An hour. Uh, Oh, they're an hour.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I see that everyone had a little fun with Jason the Ants, your daughter.
2: Everyone had a little fun with you this weekend. Yes. But you like the show, kind of. Because you're still watching it. I do enjoy it, and so far they've they've condensed the clowning into either the end of the episode or um, one of the uh, you know, like the uh, like right at the beginning, right at the end. I don't. The middle is clown contortion free, so I can watch that, get into the story, understand what's going on. And obviously, in these types of shows, there's some sort of magic happening. There's some sort of connection to something otherworldly. Sometimes they try and implement some sort of like pseudo scientific reasoning for contorting clowns. There isn't one. The reason that there's a contorted clown is because demons make people contort. And I don't even trust people who can do the splits all the way. You know, I don't trust half the people on that legendary show because of that shit.
1: Some of the split things, they always kind of like, how do you, how do you, how does that, I mean, even when I was young, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing splits. Um, Wait a minute. I watched, I went on and I watched Peacock. I downloaded Peacock. Oh, yeah. And I watched the 30 Rock. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is. Okay, so I wasn't really sure because it's, it, I understand now it's a very hard thing to explain. We have a couple of minutes. Okay, good. Okay, okay yeah, because I think we can, we can round out talking about Peacock and how far we've come from Bruce Lee days to now, yeah. which is, you know, now every network is a la carte. That's what's, right. that's what's starting to happen. And um, there's, no pun intended, not looking like, eh, there might be some Chinese menus, you know, one from column A, one from column B, one from column C. We can still use that. By the way, because that's an actual fact. It's not a ethnic thing. O- right. Only Jews really eat at you know these Chinese restaurants that have that, which are really just you know it's not a real. No, actually, I think in the real Chinese restaurants they have it too. When I've been down to Chinatown, there's all columns. So we don't have that choice, right? With a little bit, but Peacock is genius. This is what I'm saying. Is, is it, I'm not even saying I like the shows or I don't. Well, Thirty Rock I loved, but I understood why you couldn't. Really describe it because Kenneth is the head of the network now as we move forward and they want this launch of TGS, you know, a reboot and that's how they get everyone back together. But we come to find out that Kenneth really misses his friends. But what's really happening is it's the upfronts and they've built it in instead of us having to watch the actual head of NBC. Mm. tell us about how they're going to implement advertising and shows. They've made Kenneth the head of NBC and they have, have now have Tracy Morgan and uh, Jenna and everybody giving these speeches that normally would be given by suits. And they're telling us how they can implement Did you get the sound bites I told you to get from there? Oh, Type 2 I- diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but what they do is they're, they're basically explaining to you in the format of an hour-long 30-rock show of the TGS gang getting back together as to why and how Peacock is the future of network streamers. There's no commercials. There are, but they're not. The commercials you're watching are commercials for shows that are on Peacock mm-hmm. or shows that Peacock owns. Right. Yep. A- on top of it, all they're doing is integrating your ads into the shows. Right. Yep. They're like, we will seamlessly. I wish we could pull that clip up. Right. Uh, maybe we can do it tomorrow. That clip of uh, uh, Tracy Morgan saying, "We'll seamlessly integrate your, uh, you know, your ads into our shows, whether it's type two diabetes." And they had like all the sound bites of it. But really, what they did was lay out the future of streaming broadcast.
2: Oh, what yeah. do you think? I absolutely agree with you. I thought it was, uh, you know, like I told you before, I think that it was, I thought it was really funny. It also kind of was a callback to the old like 80s and 90s where they would, and I don't, maybe they did it in the 70s. I just wasn't around where you, you, I remember getting up and they on like one day that would be like, they do like a upfronts for like the upcoming season of TV or for cart. like I, I remember it specifically for cartoons. So like all the Saturday morning cartoons, Saturday, yes, would be, would be given to you by like, uh, a Care Bear or a Smurf, and they'd go in and they'd say, "And hey, this is coming." And then, wait, Vincent Price is on Scooby Doo this year, guys. And, and... <laughs> Scoob. So I, I, I really had fun yes. with that part of it too because it, it did feel a little bit like first it was pushing things into streaming, but using kind of that old conceit of the, the, the show, like bringing, you know, bringing all those things to you in a really yeah. way.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and on top of it, okay, so I, uh, I think we have to go, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into this more tomorrow. I, I watched the first episode of the Schwimmer show. I so we'll get into this a, a little more tomorrow. I got to tell you, it might be good. Yeah. I mean, Schwimmer's always good. Schwimmer's like you know he's a he's an actor, but mm-hmm. I, it, it might be good. <laughs> uh, I, I, okay. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. Okay. So, no, okay?
2: 'Cause I remember when I asked you if you're gonna
1: watch it and I I wasn't into it. <laughs> all right. I wasn't into it, but I'm gonna explain why I watched it and what it is and, and maybe we're gonna find something on Peacock for all our stuck at home fam to watch. Awesome. I haven't decided totally yet, but it's possible. So thank you for being here on another episode and we will see you on the next one. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. I'm gonna figure my new mic out, Jason Smith.
2: Cliff Dorfman, keep the ants out of your butt. I love y'all. <laughs>
1: All this mess. Come on. Let's quarantine. Come on. Quarantine.
3: A podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.